Welcome to Aftersight, your home for stories for people just like you. Your vision loss journey isn't something to be ashamed of. Take a listen. And that's the main thing I remember learning when I was taught the slack line when I still had vision is don't look at the line below you, but look at your anchor point that's solid ahead of you. If you want me to cook your dinner, you have to put somewhere to go. <laughs> and I suppose part of this was also my own trying to figure out who I was and how to be in the world in this very new way. Prop, I would say a potted plant because I get sad when the flowers would like wilt, mm. you know, oh. eventually. I'm going to say fresh cut flowers because then I don't have to worry about killing a plant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at taking care of These people all have the same thing in common. You. Their stories are for your encouragement, your determination, and your inspiration. This is Aftersight. I'm your host, Penn Street, and I hope all of you are having a good week. Here in Colorado, it's back into the negatives, around negative seven this morning, and lots and lots of snow. So it's definitely still winter time here in Colorado. Um, I want to thank all of you for your beautiful comments on last week's episode when I interviewed my husband, Moses, and it really just really warmed my heart. So um, I just give so many thanks every single day about the support that he gives me and the unconditional love that we have shared for over three decades. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And speaking of support teams, today's guest is Nancy. And Nancy started life with perfect sight, like most people do. And then in her early 20s, her sight began to fail. Today, Nancy is going to share, you know, really how that life-changing diagnosis and also what followed that forced her to change not, uh, not only how she saw the world, but even in ways how the world saw her. So do not go away. Keep your seats. Um, and we will be right back with Nancy. You're listening to Aftersight with Penn Street, an AINC original podcast. If you enjoy what you hear, please visit AINcolorado.org for more shows, news, and articles read by our amazing staff and volunteers. If you have a question for Penn, or would like to recommend a guest for future shows, please visit aincolorado.org slash podcast dash guest. And now, here's your host, Penn Street. Nancy, welcome to Aftersight. Good morning, Penn. How are you doing today? I am cold, but you are actually someplace warm, so <laughs> I'm actually, a little jealous. Uh, yeah. I'm in the Palm Springs area. Actually, I'm in Palm Springs today, and it's we're freezing here, and it's probably about 50 degrees. Oh. <laughs> That's cold to us. I can tell all the uh, the Canadians are out there in their shorts and tank tops, but 
That's so true. It's all it's all relative, right? (laughs) Right. The locals are in their, you know, down jackets and stuff. So (laughs) like myself. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So you look like you're about to go skiing and they're looking like they're about to jump in the pool. (laughs) Although last night I had my beanie and my jacket on and flip flops. So it's you know, it's kind of best of both worlds here. That is, I love that. Love that. I'm actually planning a a two-week getaway to Mexico in April. It's a little island north of Cancun in Holbosch. And we used to spend a lot of, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We used to spend a lot of time down there and in that area, and it was the same thing, you know, if it if it rained or the temperature dropped, you know, five degrees, all the locals were wrapped up in blankets. And all of right. us, you know, northerners were like out there in our swimming suits jumping in the water. So. Yeah, we, we call you guys snowbirds here. Snowbirds. Okay. Well, we definitely <laughs> are snowy this winter. We've had a yeah. crazy amount of snow. Well, Nancy, um, I love to start off my show with just some kind of quick fire questions so that okay. people get to know you a little bit. And I, I know you're a little nervous, so hopefully this will get out, get you out of your head. <laughs> um, hopefully. Okay. So, Sounds all good. Right. Okay. Um, Nancy, would you prefer camping in the outdoors or a spa vacation? You know, I have to say I would prefer both. I'd like to go camping. Mm for a while and then head off to the spa. So I love that. I love that. And I I, I, have actually worked in a spa. So. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. So you've seen your, you like both sides of it. (laughs) Absolutely. Very, uh, (laughs) very dualistic. Yes. (laughs) Are you a cat person or a dog person? I'm going to have to go with dog person on that one. Mm. I, I have grown to appreciate cats, but I'm totally a dog person. Because yeah. you have a guide dog, right? I did. I got my guide dog uh, almost three years ago to the day, Aww, um, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, she's she's amazing. Aww. She's an amazing animal. Yeah, we can definitely talk about guide dogs. Um you know, I have Beethoven, who's a standard poodle, and he's getting up there. He's he turned ten, which is so crazy. Aww. The time goes by so fast, but he's still he's still chugging along. Um, he still yeah. loves to get out, get out and go. So that's great. Asta has a little COVID weight on her still. She's a oh. blonde blonde lab. Yeah, she was eighteen months when I got her. She'll be four in June and. She's got put on a little COVID weight. So. <laughs> haven't haven't we all? <laughs> haven't we all? Yes, that's definitely. right. <laughs> well, Nancy, would you prefer a sunny outside day or a dark, cozy evening? <laughs> well, I've been in the desert almost thirty years, and I'm going to have to say a dark, cozy evening. Oh, <laughs> by the fire with the snow outside. Oh. That is right. Yeah. We all kind of long for what we don't have, I think. It oh, my God. Like Anytime it rains, I'm like outside in the rain. I just can't get enough of it. Oh. oh. 
I do too. I love the rain. I do love the rain. Nancy, uh, music is very important to me and I use it throughout my day to kind of set the tone or or maybe even change the tone in my day. Um, do, I, do you have a theme song? So if you walked into a room and, you know, just like the movies, the, the you know, the theme song comes on for Nancy, mm. what would it be? Um, you know, I, there's so many songs that I like that I like, uh, that pump me up and get me to dance and stuff. Um, off the top of my head, I could say the Bonanza theme song. Oh, yes. (laughs) I love that song. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Love that. Well, thank you, Nancy. Thank you for putting up with my question. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to dive in. Nancy, I know that your history is your career um, up until your vision loss is ext- was extremely visual. My husband is also a photographer, so he cannot even fathom not being able to do that the way he does it now. Um, so when I shared a little bit about your, you know, story with him, it really, really touched his heart, which I know it will so many people who are out there listening, um, you know, you're an artist, um, you know, and I believe you were, you were even a professional driver in a beautiful national park. Can you kind of share with us the moment that you knew your vision was really going to impact and force you into a different career path and even life path? Yeah, sure. I um, like you said, it's it. I had some uh, vision issues starting in my twenties, but it really wasn't until my early forties that um, you know, I had still been driving up until then, and I actually totaled a car, and oh. that that. And I am, you know, I almost killed a passenger. It was, you know, a beautiful desert night with a roof down and a hot rod Mustang. And I totaled the car and it, it just brought me back. It brought me to my knees and it just brought me actually in, um, it started my whole life in a different direction. Mm. And, um, yeah, up until then, everything, everything, everything was visual everything. And I mean, it's still, it still is. I still have my right eye is pretty much all dark and my left eye is, is on its way out, but I can still, I can still shoot photos and edit and do some of my art. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much the moment things changed. And when I was diagnosed early twenties with, um, pars planitis, and I don't, I don't know what that is. What is pars planitis? I can't even say it. <laughs> pars planitis. And it's, I was told it, the literal translation is the inflammation of the plane of the eye, which is in the back. Oh. And there was an inflammation there. Um, and it started, I started getting floaters outside. I was in art school at the time and I'd have to kind of close my right eye and I could, you know, the sky would be full of floaters, like the blue sky with black floaters against it. And I was actually working in uh, photography studios in San Francisco also at the time. And I thought, you know, maybe I'm, cause I'm in dark studios with a lot of light and flashing mm-hmm. light and, you know, um, 
set lights and stuff. And I thought, well, maybe it has something to do with that. And it didn't, it was, you know, it was rare eye disease. In fact, the guy that diagnosed us freaked out and ran out of the room and oh my had to go get another doctor to confirm it and stuff. So it was a oh. little bit traumatic, his reaction. Wow. And for the next 20 years, I, you know, I, I grew up in the Bay Area, San Francisco, and I sought out all kinds of alternative uh, modalities, you know, like yeah. acupuncture, vitamins. I did light therapy. I patched one eye. I mean, I just, um, I did a lot of stuff to, to combat what I, you know, I thought what I could heal on my own. Right. Which for 20 years I kept, you know, I kept doing everything I was doing, which was driving. And I worked in commercial photography for about 15 years. And yeah, like you said, I, I drove tour bus up at Denali National Park in Alaska oh, wow. for for three seasons. And oh my gosh! Oh my god! It was an incredible job. <laughs> oh wow! Especially I've for, never been up there, but I yeah. hear it is just no matter where you look, it's just breathtaking. If it's not in the clouds, Denali, you know, Denali is the tallest peak in the North American continent. Yeah, yeah. and um. A lot of times it's clouded over, but it's stunning. It's stunning wow. landscape up there. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So after the after the car accident, what are some of the things that you did to help cope with the life, you know, with this huge life change? Well, I, I found myself at, at the at Braille Institute. We had one locally here. Um and really my my big thing was how how do I do my life without driving? Yeah. Um you know, I mean I the area, you know, Palm Springs is not a huge town and um it's not like living in a major city or something right. where transportation is just absolutely everywhere. Um so that that was my big struggle and and it you know, I have to tell you it still is to this yes. day. I want to um, tell you, most most people who have vision issues, that transportation is probably, if it's not at the very top of the list, yeah, it's a pretty close yeah. second. So, yeah, um, yeah. Plus, you know, I moved even farther out of the uh, more populated area of the valley here, and. Um, which made it, I, I live in an unincorporated part of uh, the county here. And okay. it's, it's even farther out of town. Oh. So, um, there's definitely challenges uh, to that, to my living situation. Yeah. Have I, you done anything? Like, I know that actually I was at a meeting last night with a group of people who are blind and visually impaired in Northern Colorado and transportation came up and, and they were all ages. They were college students all the way to senior citizens, but they Uh all had, we, we all had the exact same complaint, which was not only is transportation difficult, but 
like for the college student, they actually stopped his bus. And so they gave him an alternative that was supposed to help. But he says every time he calls that alternative, there's no space. So yeah, here, no, here's a yeah. call in a here's a college student in a college town that's struggling with transportation. So I know people like you who live out more rural. It's a huge issue. Like, have you have you talked to any groups, or have you? Or is there any sort of movement going on in your area to make transportation um, more accessible? Well, actually. I I, li- I moved out to this area about eight years ago, and there was, you know, I was using our door-to-door service here locally, mm-hmm. and yeah. I had commuted to a job for five years using that service, and the job is in the town now where I live, so I I switched places. And, oh, okay. And, you know, for five years, I I was able to go to work and be, be on time or usually early as we have to book ahead of time and um but it worked and at the same service now it's it's running an hour late an hour and a half late Mm -hmm. you can't get through to the customer service people to find out when it's coming i mean it's you know it's i don't know if it's the funding lack of lack of uh, employees i mean wow I'm not sure what's going on, but, you know, they were kind of my main staple to get around the valley. Um, yeah. And when I moved to the area, um, there was no door-to-door, and I actually went and advocated to get get it oh. into that area. And I went to a couple of their meetings and spoke about the need for it. Good because for based you. on Yeah, based on where I live, you have – to use our service, you have to live within a mile of a stationary uh, bus station, a bus uh, stop. And they said they would try it for a year and it's still going after eight years now. Oh, good for you, Nancy. That's huge. (laughs) Yeah, no, it felt really good to go voice, you know, have them hear my voice and the need of, of other, you know, it's for seniors and, uh, disabled and low vision and all that stuff. So absolutely, and and that's what we talked about last night. Is there was um, a husband there? There, her, her, his wife is losing her vision, and he and and I don't know how old they are, but they're definitely retired and 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 getting up in years. And he's like, "What's going to happen to my wife when I can't drive?" You know, and he's really concerned. And so he's actually doing kind of what you're doing, you know, going to the city, going to the these meetings that are happening locally and Uh and making sure that not only his wife's voice is heard, but also his. And so that's why they're they joined this group last night is because the more voices, you know, the louder we can get, maybe change will happen. So absolutely. it was empowering to go do that and actually that's, have have that systems put into place. That's amazing. So Nancy, you yeah. you talked about you mentioned that you know after you got diagnosed in your 20s, you spent, you know, decades you know, I call it like eastern medicine, alternative medicine, those kinds of things 
uh, which I I still do to this day, trying mm-hmm. to get a better health overall and, and, you know, maybe open up some of those healing, you know, avenues in my body that Western medicine can't do. Mm-hmm. Is that when you, because I know you do body work and you're a massage therapist. Is that when you got, in, you know, got interested in, in the, I call it the healing arts? Um, actually, I, I grew up, my mother was very progressive and oh. introduced, introduced us to that lifestyle. I mean, I had, I had acupuncture as a teenager and I was rolfed oh. at 19 and, wow, you know, we had, we had the whole, whole food diet growing up and vitamins and stuff. So I've, you know, I've carried that throughout my life and I had had a lot of body work done prior to losing my vision. And so when I did have to make that change in my early forties, you know, I, I, I got with a rehabilitation counselor, rehabilitation counselor. Oh, right, it's a hard right. word to say. Yeah. It is. Um, <laughs> and actually he was blind and, um, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm an artist and I'm like, you know, the computer's hurting my eyes. I wanted to do some maybe graphic design classes. And, and he's like, have you ever thought about massage? And I had already oh. studied it before and I hadn't, it didn't even cross my mind. And I'm like, Oh yeah, massage. Cause I had studied it just because I loved it up in San right. Francisco and in Oakland. And so when I uh, was shifting gears and I went back to school uh, for a couple of years, he just, he kept signing off on classes for me and I ended up getting my holistic health practitioner license. Wow. Um, and it was, it was kind of just a natural progression because I was, raised that way. And I just, I think that way. And I've, I believe in the Eastern modalities. Um, mm-hmm. I, I believe in the, the combination of the Western and Eastern, but I prefer yeah. the more non-traditional healing modalities for health care. Right. right. Wow. So you, have you been, have you been um, doing that as a career? For yes, quite I am. Um, okay. Yeah, I, you know, I've been in the photography industry. Um, I worked on pretty much was, ca- you know, shooting catalogs in San Francisco. We shot all kinds of catalogs up there. Wow. And um, it was interesting because when I first started working, they had just gone from rendering all the ads to actually shooting them. And and then when I was leaving San Francisco, they were going to the from film to digital, which was a long oh. time ago. But um, yes, I have been I've been a massage therapist practicing at least fifteen years now. Oh wow! Um, wow! Yeah! Wow! And I spent spent like I said five years in one of the high end. Uh, spas out here we have quite a few um yes spas and yeah. yeah you guys are really i or i feel like palm springs in that area is sort of known for 
healing and spas and um, it's a very very healing environment the mountains around here it's amazing and yeah you know palm springs is in the valley and um i actually moved where i moved now is um it's outside a little city called desert hot springs where we have the uh, mineral water over there we're oh, sitting on wow. an aquifer it's 140 degree mineral water wow, wow. and I had worked in one of the spas and just fell in love with the water. And so oh. I, that's one of the main reasons I moved out there was to, um, I, I, I bought a, like a 1960s trailer that I renovated in this oh, old, fun. Fun, old funky bohemian trailer park called healing oh. waters. Oh, and fun. so that's been my project is remodeling this thing and, and utilizing, we have four pools there. And wow. so it just, you know, it became more of a lifestyle for me to be yeah. in a healing environment and low key and it's affordable and it's, you know, wow. the only, the only downside is, is the low, the location. Um, right. The transportation. Yeah. yeah. Back to yeah. transportation. Yes, I know. It doesn't it always come back to that. It does. I mean, if you if you want to actually have a life and go do stuff. I know. I know. You have and to get there, you I know? know. I know. And you know, we can only rely on friends so much. Oh my god, yes. So, well, yeah. Well, speaking of, of friends, Nancy, I, a friend, a mutual friend introduced us actually, and we'll, and we'll respect her, you know, anonymity and, and, okay. not, men- and not mention her names, but you know who you are out there. Um, <laughs> and I know that um, I, I'm 35 years uh, recovering from alcohol and drug addiction, and that's how mm-hmm. I kind of met our mutual friend and yeah. And how did, um, man, I don't even know how to dive into this because I know addiction is, it's a huge issue in the disability community because I mean, in every community, but in the disability community, it seems more prevalent. And I think it is because because isolation. Absolutely. Or, yeah. The pain, you know, people, I know the with pain. me that that's how I, that door was open for me. Like, oh, I don't need to physically hurt all the time if I can keep myself self-medicated because right. I can, you know, control that more than what the Western medicine doctors are giving me. Um, right. And so can you share how you sort of found the program and, and, and. <laughs> how actually the program helped you find, you know, support as well. Absolutely. That, that car accident that I had was also a a DUI, which we call them in California, uh, drunk driving charge. Um, and that was my wake up call. Um, and I ended up going through some, a treatment center here in the Valley and, and that's when they they suggested I tried Braille. They suggested all kinds of stuff, which I did. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I found the Braille Institute. And ultimately, they didn't help me with transportation. <laughs> <laughs> but I did meet the uh, the rehabilitation guy there, which helped me get into school and, and 
switch gears on, um, on a career. Um, I didn't find them really helpful for other stuff, but that's just me personally. Maybe the technology stuff that was going on back then. Yeah. But yeah, the 12 step, you know, I, I came into the 12 step programs over 20 years ago and I haven't stayed for 20 years and I've just been, I'm just reconnecting with the community here. And Mm -hmm. I have to tell you that the community, the fellowship, the support I had, had received and, uh, and receiving again, um, is what's really helped carry me through from going, being sighted driver to a non-driver to, legally blind to losing my vision, to getting my dog, to all of that stuff, all the transformation that I've gone down on this journey of sobriety and vision loss. You know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I could have done it without the support Mm -hmm. of, you know, the other recovering people in the community which is really, really large here in this valley. Mm. Well, and I know one of the things that I do think that there were positive things that came out of COVID, and one of them is virtual meetings. Um, They actually have, you know, 12-step meetings that you can go to virtually. Have have you done those or, or I mean, I'm I always prefer starting, human I'm, contact, but yeah, see, I did too. And I, I was absent for all during the pandemic. I was in a relationship and we were, you know, we were a hold up at home pretty much. Yeah. And I wasn't involved in the program at the time. Um, and that's part of my, uh, coming back in, into the community is, because of the isolation and uh, that person leaving my life. And, you know, I was relying, I was so relying, relying on this person for absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. And when that left my life, it just, I was devastated in all, in all factors, all areas. And what I knew to do was get on a bus and get to a meeting and, you know, I'd spent years and years and years in the rooms here. And, um, you know, I just, I felt so comfortable and welcome back. There's there's so many people that I knew back Mm -hmm. then, you know, and just reconnecting with new people and, and recommitting myself to, um, sobriety again. And, you know, it's, it's been great. It's been, it's been really good for me. So, oh. yeah, the, you know, this, I mean, you have to have a community of support, supportive people. I, at least I do. Yes. You know, yeah. especially living alone and being out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> with yeah. my healing water. And, you know, oh, I know. Do you, yeah. what would you, what would you say to our audience out there that, Maybe they are feeling like, you know, so many of us have in our lives, you know, they're, they're home alone and they just don't know what the first step would be. Do you, do you have well, anything it, you could share with them? It was easy them? for me be, because I knew 
you know, I still knew which meetings to go to and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, it's, you have to reach out. You first have to take the step to reach out and find a community of people, like-minded people that, that you resonate with. And whether yeah. it's, I don't know, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous or the Braille Institute or a church group or a drumming circle or, um, you know, a a place where you can go and feel support and, and actually give support to other people. You know, it's about feeling part of something, um, and not sitting isolated in, in your head at home, which, you know, I'm starting to figure out these zoom meetings, which, I find a little bizarre, but um, <laughs> they are, they are bizarre. <laughs> my camera on and yeah. So, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm starting to utilize. It's just another tool of um, not feeling so alone, mm-hmm. you know, not so alone. Yeah. So. And I, I, I know that myself, some of my poorest <laughs> decisions was when I was in that space of feeling alone. Absolutely. Yeah. And I loved how Although you la- said, yeah. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, like last Sunday, there's a meeting that I love to go to. And I mean, it's Sunday morning. So the bus is usually really, you know, the door to door is really crowded and or busy. And, you know, I could oh. spend up to two hours on the bus driving around, getting other people, dropping them off. Some of that whole one hour meeting can take me up to five, six hours of my day. Oh, and last Sunday I stayed home and I just dialed it in and I didn't have to, I didn't have to deal with all that stuff. Although dealing with all that stuff sometimes is just a way to get out of yourself and not yeah. be sitting at home isolated either. Right, right. Yeah, so. that's true because I, I used to take public transportation Monday through Friday to work, um, which was, you know, if you were, if you drove it, which my husband occasionally would, it took 30 minutes, right? even sometimes less if traffic was good. And it took me, uh, you know, right around an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes each way. But the people that I met on the, on the buses and, and good and bad, you know, mostly good. There's, yeah, a lot but of people even, I don't want to talk to. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes I teach, I or I, or I feel like they're they have something to teach me, you know, like right. oh, it's this person again, or but it, yeah. but it, you know, I think that sometimes you're right. Like it's good to get to spend that extra time and kind of force yourself out into public. Um. Because that it's good, you know, you need to be around other people, well, yeah. other human beings. Gets you out of the isolation, definitely. Yes, <coughs> really important for me. If I spend yeah. too many consecutive consecutive days at my home, which I, you know, I love spending time alone at my house. You know, yeah. it's it's a sanctuary. It's my own space. It's my studio. It's all that stuff. Um, but after a few days, it's like, Oh my God, (laughs) you know, 
I need to be around people. <laughs> There's humans out there. In, you know, even go sit in a coffee shop and just kind of take mm-hmm. in the, the vibe, you know? Yeah. that That's a really good point, Nancy. Sometimes, you know, you don't need to go be around, you know, a, a hundred people. Sometimes it's just sitting in a small coffee shop, you know, just hearing other human beings and just sort of being in that energy of, of, of being, you know, interacting. Cause you do have to go up, you got to find the counter, you got to talk to the barista. Oh my God. You know, know. bare bare minimum, the bare minimum. Yeah. (laughs) Find the door to get in the doorknob. Then you got to find the counter and then you got to find the drink and then you got to find the table. Then you got to find a napkin and then you got to find the bathroom. Then you got to find a light switch. It's like, It's sometimes it's so, it's so overwhelming, all that stuff. It is. Absolutely is. Everybody just takes, it's just like such a simple thing to go get a coffee in a coffee shop for 90% of the world, you know? Yeah. Well, not about the world, but, you know. Yeah. Um, We've talked on the podcast. I've had a couple, I've interviewed a couple of people and they talked about how, Vision loss forces you to be in the now. And so like sighted people can just walk into a coffee shop and not even really pay attention to anything. They could even be talking on their phone or daydreaming or whatever. But when you have vision loss, like you said, (laughs) you got to find the doorknob to get in the door. Then you got to find the counter. You got to figure out which counter has the barista that's going to take your money. And then you got to find the napkin. Like it forces you. You got to find the right dollar (laughs) bill or your credit card. And then you got to enter the thing on the keypad. I mean, come on, you know, exactly, exactly. But it's, that is a challenge. (laughs) Yeah. I I like the ones you can tap. And I usually say, is it a tap? It's a tapper. I know. I like, Oh good. It's a tapper. Um, because now they put the credit card machines because of COVID like out in front so that the uh-huh. barista doesn't have to touch your card. And I'm like, that's great, but for people who can see, but not so great for I people know. who can't. I know, I'm like, <laughs> and then they have the little, the little bubble around the keypad so people can't see your number, I guess. Exactly. There's no way to actually, you know, if you have uh, any vision, there's no way to even see it. And it's dark. I'm like, oh, it's it's stressful. It, does, it is it's very stressful, stressful, but it's good to do it. You know, don't, you know, try not to sit at home um, right. too much. Yeah. And Nancy, I liked how you, you said that your home is also your studio. Could you share with us a little bit about your art that you're doing now? And then also Absolutely. what sort of adaptive tools are you using so that you can continue doing that art? Yeah, I um I I only have an iPhone basically for my everything. And mm-hmm. I have I have plus 10 readers at the moment that are I can still I can do email and text and stuff. And I use the um the reversed app mode on my phone which yeah, makes w- white type on a black background which right. I can actually ad- see if I blow it up and zoom in on stuff. Um, and I've been using that tool probably for 10 years, the reversed wow. out 
I can't see the bright background. So yeah, that's an excellent tool. Um, yeah, I actually, actually just got a new iPad pro with a, uh, projector, one of those portable projectors that I can actually blow up photographs. I can still, you know, I don't, I can shoot, I'll go out and, you know, it's getting harder to shoot. And I really have to come back inside where it's dark to like actually see what I shot, which is great on a digital format. You can um, just get rid of most of the stuff and I can, I can edit. I have a little editing app on my phone. Um, I'm doing it less and less because it's becoming harder and harder to Mm -hmm. see. Um, But the idea of this projector is going, I can go full size on a wall and I'm planning to paint. I've been painting since I was about 12 and abstract. I'm into abstract, bold, bright colors. And Mm. I want to transform some ideas up into these large spaces and be able to, to, uh, paint off the images off my phone on a large scale. Um, oh, wow. I, I like with the iPad pro or even on my iPhone, there's apps. Um, instead of getting out actual paint and canvas, I can like finger paint on my phone and I've actually created a, a large body of work. Um, wow. Where, how finger what painting. Is- <laughs> what is what is the app? What's that app called that you? It's an old app, and I it's not on my new. It was probably five years ago that I used oh. it, and I would actually, I spent a, a summer in Kauai, which was really awesome. Oh, at I a love Kauai. House. I love Kauai, and I I was channeling this. I, I really, literally, I was on the bus there and in their, her house and wherever, just channeling this. I don't know, this energy was coming through me and I created, you know, a lot, a lot of really amazing images. Um, wow. And it was basically finger painting and I would do it in one app and bring it to another app and to a third app. And, and, wow. um, and I was blending photos with this digital painting. And actually I just, I just printed some up. I'm, I donated some art to a local, uh, organization here and they're having a uh, auction or a fundraiser. So I I blew up two of those pieces and I also took a life drawing class about five years ago, which I've done life drawing classes before, but with low vision. Yeah. I I don't know. It was was a really cool experience because I'm, I'm, I think what I'm I'm thinking, what I'm seeing, I'm drawing, but I'm also coming off of, memory of a body mm-hmm. and my, my body work background. Um, it, it, it was a really cool experience. So I blew up one of those too, for this auction. And um, wow. I'm pretty excited about putting those out there for people to see. Is there, um, is there a place for our audience to go to, to see some of your work? Um, I have an Instagram. It's called the art of Nancy with an I. Um, I haven't, been super active on it lately, but it does show some of my, some of my work on there. Um, okay. I'm great. I'm on the mark. I'm on the market to create a website to actually start okay. producing and selling prints and stuff. 
Awesome. And we'll share that. We'll share that link in the, in the podcast notes. Um, but it is on Instagram, the art of Nancy with an I. So that's great. That's wonderful. Um, you had mentioned Apple several times as far as you have an iPhone and you, you have an iPad pro Uh is, do you feel that sort of a, we all have our toolboxes, right? <laughs> that we right. use. And I, I also have an iPhone. Um, and it, it's, it's my everything, you know, kind of like you, it's your camera, it's your, um, it's my calendar, everything. It's, it's, it's your everything. My everything. <laughs> it is yeah. your everything. Um, do you, do you feel that not that we're doing a commercial or anything, but do you feel that Apple is more accessible than some of the other platforms? Um, you know, I, I can't really speak to that because I haven't oh, okay. used other platforms. I okay. just, I mean, I, that's why I reached out to Apple. They didn't even have an accessibility department back when I first started right. contacting them because that reversed out mode has, it's just kept me going for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Of actually being able to use my my everything, <laughs> right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Nancy, what would you like the takeaway to be for the audience today? Oh wow! Um, I I think for me the biggest thing is support, feeling mm-hmm. support and commu- a sense of community and. You know, there, there's so many struggles that we go through, like, you know, yeah. just going to order a coffee, you know, it's yeah. like, but to be part of, you know, the living, if you don't want to stay home all day and all, you know, I think a sense, a sense of belonging and a sense of community and a sense of support, um, yeah. is, is means everything for me. Yeah, And it, you know, it just, I have to have that. Otherwise it's, it's just not going to be a good day. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, yeah. I really appreciate everything you've said. Um, especially how, I mean, we never know what's going to happen in an hour or tomorrow or the next day, but how you, you found these ways to tap into things you did before and mm-hmm. and grow them and to continue doing the things you love in a, in a different way, you know, mm-hmm. um, instead of, you know, shooting catalogs, now you're, you know, finding joy, finger painting and Think, um, I love on it. these Think, apps. I did finger, finger painting when I was five and now I, you know, yeah. I'll be 65 next month. Oh, um, so yeah, I get to finger paint again. Uh, when's your birthday? March, March 19th. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to try not to cry. That is my, um, uh, my brother, Tim. Um, he was my Superman. He passed away, um, almost oh, 10 years ago, but his brother, his, his birthday is March 19th and mine oh, wow. is actually the 24th and this year, will be the first time we are actually going to, we're gathering friends from all over the country 
and we're going to celebrate our Superman's birthday on March 19th. So Nancy, oh, wow. I, there are so many, so many things that connected us together. And that one That's gives so me cool. chills and gives me chills. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're all, we're all meant to connect and we, we just need to be open to that connection and that. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, oh. Well, you have an incredible birthday, and I'll definitely be thinking about you. That's, that's I know just, I'm going to be like uh, actually an actual senior citizen. <laughs> I don't know. I, I every time I go somewhere and that like the movies or you know senior discount day at whatever, um, I always like what it what it. So what does that mean? And they'll tell me, and I feel like the age is everything from. 55 to 75 like it depends on it's true yeah it's true but i for me personally 65 seems like that that's it that's it that's the number it's a turning point oh oh well i'm i am so thankful that you're you're celebrating your 65th and nancy i've been asking you a million questions i always like to give a chance to my guests to ask me a question do you do you oh. have a question you would like to ask me? Um, well, since you're in Colorado, do you ever do you go skiing? Oh yes, um, I'm actually sitting here right now and with my left hand in a in a cast. Um, oh I, wow! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. So on Martin Luther King Day, I took a, a took a pretty big spill and I fractured my wrist in three places skiing. Oh wow! Um, and it was, but it was worth it. It was. It was one of those ski days that the powder was perfect, blue mm. skies. Mm. Um, I mean, it was just everything was perfect. Um, That's awesome. So, so, so yeah, ski. yeah. I I've shared um, on here that skiing is skiing is definitely my happy place. It's it's where I feel uh-huh. untethered. You know how like you were talking about. You know, you go into a coffee shop and all the gazillion steps you have to take just to get your cup of coffee and back to your table. Mm-hmm. And skiing is where I feel untethered from that. You know, I, right. I, when I'm at the top of the, the run and my guide tells me it's wide open, just go for it. It's, I, I feel free. Um, it's yeah, where I got it's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so well, Nancy, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for (laughs) taking time this morning and absolutely um, to doing this. And I hope everybody out there, you know, take some of these words that Nancy has shared with us today about, you know, finding your support system, whatever that may be, if it's a, you know, a 12 step program, if it's, you know, as you know, being an advocate for public transportation or even going a to dog. a coffee house or a guide dog. Yes. Yes. Um, it took me what, about 10 years to get my dog. So um, um, yeah, she's, she's an amazing support. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Guy, like some of the other tools we've talked about today that are in our toolboxes, they, I mean, I'm a guide dog user. Dogs aren't for everybody, but I agree with mm-hmm. Nancy. Like Beethoven and my other guide dogs got me through some pretty tough times because mm-hmm. you have to get out of bed in the morning. You have to let them out, take them for a walk, um, feed them, nurture them. And it, it them. does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it, 
you know, it, <laughs> that's it number does. one on the lab. <laughs> the lab list is food. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I do think animals in our lives, regardless if it's a cat or a dog, they 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 are an asset to our mm-hmm. mental health. I definitely believe that. Absolutely. So. I do believe that. Well, Nancy, again, thank you so much. And um, I also want to thank Audio Information Network of Colorado. I want to thank every one of you because it's hard work getting, you know, this podcast out there week after week. And they also do, you know, podcasts like Blindsight, Topic of the Month. And then we have a new one that's coming out actually just in about a week or so called Blind Level Tech. So you definitely want to check that out because some of the things Nancy mentioned in her toolbox, it will cover, you know, things all the way from smartphones, accessibility devices, um, even apps like, you know, Nancy mentioned some of those apps and Evan and Jonathan will dive even deeper. And then just everything that you need to know to help navigate technology. So make sure you check that out. I do want to give a a shout out to the Colorado Lions um, for really supporting Audio Information Network of Colorado's White Cane Project. And it officially launches on March 1st, uh, but the application is up. If you are in Colorado and you need a folding white cane um, and you need some, you know, you can't afford it or you know, you're going through a hardship of some sort right now, just go to our website at aincolorado.org and you can apply for a free white cane. And yeah, so again, Nancy, I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you um, so much for being on here today. Um, Thank you, Penn. It was great to be here. Absolutely. And remember, everybody, be kind to yourself this week. And find a way to be kind to someone else. It's good for your soul. And we will see you next week. Bye.